Good evening, or good morning, I should say. Good morning. Y'all, y'all, I just tell my boys all the time, I say, you've got to pick that first line and get it right. Well, I messed up the first one, so hopefully these next ones that follow will be all right. You've probably noticed by now that Mr. Mike and Mr. Adam are out of town, and so you're stuck with me this morning. But I'm glad to be here, and I've been receiving plenty of encouragement, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to come and to present a portion of God's Word to you. Thomas, you couldn't have led a better song than the, It Is Well With My Soul. It really, though, throughout the whole song, as we sang that song, it just rings true of the kind of attitude that we as Christians need to have. You might have heard of the saying, the power of positive thinking. The power of positive thinking. Well, I had some coaches when I played football, and they were crazy. And whenever we'd get into a tight, pot, a tight point in the game, whether we needed to score a touchdown or make a stop, I would have this one coach, and he would run up and down the sideline saying, think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts. And he would tell that to every player he went by, every trainer, every coach, or anybody else that just happened to be standing on the sideline, he would tell them to think positive thoughts. See that ball going in the end zone. See us making that stop. I had another coach when I was in middle school and I played basketball and he would come in before the games and he'd turn off the lights and he'd click on the music and he'd say, I want you boys to close your eyes and I want you to imagine yourself doing good things on the basketball court. I want you to imagine yourself making that shot. I want to see you imagine yourself making that good defensive play or making that good pass that leads to a score. And we would do that before each and every game. And I got to thinking, why do these guys, I can't just think things to happen out there on the field, but what are they after? Why do they want me to think this way, have these positive thoughts? Why do they want me to see myself doing good things? And I believe they were trying to create within us a mindset, a mindset to believe in ourselves and our teammates. And that's the power of positive thinking. It helps generate within us a hope. A hope for a desired outcome. And with this hope brings about motivation that I can do whatever I need to do to reach that goal, to obtain the objective. And the neat thing about positive thinking is We didn't always stop them from scoring the touchdown. We may not have always scored when we wanted to, and I know I didn't play perfect basketball games. But that mentality of always thinking positively would regenerate itself immediately after a mistake, and I could get back on track thinking that the next time I'm going to get it done right. And it's that mentality and the attitude that we see Paul teaching the Philippians In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 where he says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on towards the goal. And that's the mentality that God would have us to have. In God's Word, the Bible, He teaches us and shows us that He wants us to be a people that thinks positively. He wants us to have the mentality that when we get placed with a glass of water in front of us, that we see it as half full. We don't always look for the negative things in life. But we're a people that has a hope 
that cannot be taken away. But life's hard sometimes. And sometimes there's things that happen to us in life when we might doubt, we might lose that hope. We might start to think that I don't know if I can reach this goal or I don't know if I can get through this moment in life. And that's why this morning I want to share with you a few things about positive thinking from the Word of God to remind you that this is of the utmost importance in the Christian life to have this kind of mentality. I want to talk to us this morning about why we need to be such positive people. And then we're going to look at how to grow in this mindset of positive thinking. And then we'll take a look at a few examples of positive thinking that we see in Scripture. So turn with me, starting off to the book of Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and we'll get started on the why we should be a positive people. When we really step back and we think about the big picture, when we think about all the things that have taken place since the creation of this earth and before, we can start to get a glimpse on why we need to be positive people. In Psalm 39 and verses 13 through 15, it reads, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you, When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You see, when we think about our life, if we want to have a positive outlook, we need to recognize that God has truly blessed us with some of the most amazing gifts that anybody could ever give us. Now, I've received lots of wonderful gifts in my life, and I don't want to take anything away from people who have given me those gifts. But no one has given me a gift more precious than what God has given me. He has given me the breath of life to walk upon this earth. And He has made me very unique and special in a way that no one else was created. My fingerprints, no one else in the world has. My smile, no one else in the world has. It's unique to me, and yours are unique to you. And God has given those things to you and blessed you in that way. And it's no small thing. It's easy to read and it's quick to say, but it's no small thing to think of the blessing that He has when He made us fearfully, wonderfully, and skillfully. But He didn't stop there. Not only did He create us in a very unique and special way, but if we go to the book of Ecclesiastes in 12 and 7, we see that He gave us a spirit, a soul, something that He created within each of us that's going to live for eternity. That's a hard thing for us to grasp, eternity. But that's something that He has blessed us with. And that's something that I can think about And be happy that He created me and that He blessed me with a soul that's going to live for eternity. 
If you back up in Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 and verse 11, it says that he has put eternity in our hearts. He has put a desire within us to want to live forever. What a beautiful thing to think about the blessings and the gifts that God has given us. Like I said, they're quick to say, but they're no small thing. I don't think of anybody, I can't think of anybody that can create something so intricate as the human being. Out of all of man's creations and all the years of attempts, they can mimic it, but they never get it to what God has done with a mind like we have and the abilities that He has blessed us with. But God was pretty smart because He knew that we would come into this world and He knew that the great deceiver would be there to deceive us and to try to take our minds off of those types of gifts and those things that He's blessed us with. And so He gave us this. He gave us this guidebook. And in this guidebook, in 2 Peter 1, He tells us that He gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He knew that we were going to need something in our lives upon this earth to guide us, to give us strength, to renew us. And so He gave us this guidebook. And it holds everything that we need to know to be the kind of people He would have us to be. And within this book, not only did He give us all things to help us through this life, but He gave us some exceedingly great and precious promises. Promises that we can escape this world one day. And have that desire of eternity fulfilled within us in a home with Him in heaven. What a wonderful promise. And He accomplished this promise through His Son, Jesus Christ. When He came to this earth free and pure from sin to make Himself a sacrifice for us. So that He might bring us back to that right relationship with Him, with God. God has truly blessed us. He blesses us and He continues to bless us. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 28 through 31, let's flip over there and let's read that passage. And it talks to us about the idea of strength and the strength that He provides us. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, it reads, Have you not known... Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These great gifts that God has given us should change who we are. We think about the scripture reading this morning, Hebrews 13.5, where he says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We can have assurance in the promises and in the gifts of God. 
And as I think about this mentality and this idea of positive thinking, and I think about these truths that are able to sustain us in this life and all that God has done for us, I need to keep those thoughts right here in the front of my mind. Because it's when those thoughts slip to the back of my mind and I don't meditate and I don't think on those thoughts that I start to lose sight of the good gifts that God has given us. And when I lose sight of those good gifts that God has given us, it changes the kind of people who we are. We forget who God is and what He's done. And when we forget who God is and what He's done, then the negative things in this life can start to take an effect on us. They can start to wear us down. And so why do we need to be a positive people? We need to be a positive people because God has truly, truly blessed us and given us the most wonderful gifts to each and every one of us. That encourages me to be more positive in my life, and I know that it will you also. But how do we grow this mentality? We know these truths And that encourages us and we keep those in the front of our mind. But how do we grow this mentality to where we just are a a kind of people that is infectious? When we get around other people, they just see us and they know that good things are going to happen. They see us, they know they're going to be encouraged. It's the kind of people in this world that people desire to be with is godly people. How do we grow to that point in our life? I suggest to you two things this morning that we can do. And one of those is we need to get into this book that has all things that pertain to life and godliness, and we need to be in the book. We need to look at passages like 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's flip over there, and I want to spend a little time there this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. We're going to read this text and then we're going to discuss a little bit about what's happening. And I think it's going to give us some insight into how we can grow in this mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Let's read that and then we'll take a few comments after that. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all these thing for all things are for your sakes the grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God therefore do not lose heart 
Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. When we look at this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, there's a few things I would like to point out to us. Starting in verse 7, the power comes from God. Our strength, our determination, our hope, our motivation comes from God. He gives it to us. It's not of ourselves. And if it is of yourself and you think you can stand on your own, then you will soon find yourself to fall. Your power and your strength have to come from God. And when it does come from God, you'll be like verses 8 and 9. You may be hard-pressed, but you're never going to be crushed. You may find yourself in life perplexed about a situation, but you'll never go to despair. You might find yourself persecuted, but you will never be forsaken. You might find yourself struck down at times, but you will not be destroyed. Because we carry about the death of Christ in our lives so that His life can be shown to others. If we drop down to verse 16, after He makes these comments and encourages them this way, He tells them to not lose heart. That's a hard thing to do in life when it seems the situations we find ourselves in sometimes could be trying to not lose heart. But if you look at Psalm 27, the psalmist says there, I would have lost heart unless I had believed I would have seen the goodness of God. If we want to be a positive people, if we want to have this kind of mentality as we walk through life, a peculiar people, we must believe that we will see the goodness of God. And then we can face whatever life throws at us. It will sustain us. Continuing on in verse 16. We have to create an understanding within our minds to be a positive people that the outward man is perishing. We have to remember that the things that are seen are temporary. And this is a mentality that it takes to grow to be a positive person. Because when we find ourselves in hard situations of life, we can remind ourselves this is just for a moment. Just for a moment. In verse 16, it says the way we grow and do these things is to renew the inner man. Day by day, it takes a renewal to maintain this kind of mentality. I love the way that it's, it says it in Ephesians chapter 3, verses four, 14 and 19. Let me read that for you. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in earth and in family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened 
with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." We have to be renewed in such ways as Paul writing to the Ephesian here says. And I love the idea that we are strengthened with the might through His Spirit in the inner man. You see, to be a positive person, you have to take care of the inside of yourself. You have to be solid in who you are and whose you are. That's the kind of mentality it takes to be a positive person. If we continue on in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18, it talks about this light affliction. Now, we all face many different situations in life, and from the outside looking in, certain situations may seem a lot rougher than other situations. But with the mentality that I'm talking about today, with the remembrance of the good gifts and the things that God has blessed us with, anything that we face in this life can be considered a light affliction. And we have to keep the mentality that it is, but for just a moment. Because our home is not in this life. James chapter 4 and verse 14 says that our life is but a vapor that will appear for just a little bit and then be gone away. And as we live our life on this earth, with whatever we face, it says in verse 18, where our eyes need to be focused, and that is on the eternal things, not on the temporary things, the earthly things. And so, when we want to know how we can grow this kind of mentality within ourselves, we need to read God's Word. And we need to read passages like 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 18. And it will give us the strength, it will renew us day by day to maintain this kind of attitude in our life. The second thing I would suggest to you to do to grow this kind of mentality is to meditate. Of course, I'm going to take us to the book of Philippians chapter 4. A very well-known passage for many of us. Philippians chapter 4 in verse 8, it reads, Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, These do, and the God of peace will be with you. Meditation is something that I think is is drastically lacking in our society today. There are so many distractions in our world today that keep us from being able just to take moments and to think about the things that God would have us to think about. 
When we think about meditating on things that are true and noble and just in this list that we have from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I want you to take a moment and think about the things that you meditate on or the things that fill your mind throughout the day. I'll think of social media. How many things on social media do we see that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report? Does that list just show itself? Not to say that those things aren't on social media, but we need to be careful with that. How about on television and the things that we watch? As I read this list in preparing to study, I thought about the news. You think about the news that we see on TV. Are there things that are true, noble, just? That's not at all what the news portrays. That's not at all the message they like to send out across our televisions and our radios and wherever we podcast or whatever we listen to. But what does Paul tell the Philippians to do here in chapter 4 and verse 8? He wants us to meditate on these types of things. And when we become so unbalanced in our life to where we consume more of these other things, it's going to change who you are. And you're not going to know it because Satan, the great deceiver, is working in that way. He thinks that you're going to be convinced that you've got to keep up with the things going on in the world. For what reason? God has given us the things that pertain to life and godliness and the things that we need to be focused on. Paul tells them in verse 9, the things which you've learned, received, heard, saw in me, these do, and then the peace of God will be with you. I call it the Matthew, 20, Matthew chapter 6 principle. In Matthew chapter 6 and verses 21 and 23, we see a great principle that Jesus teaches us. And it's something that has is, is really made an impact upon my life throughout my life. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, it reads, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It goes on to say in verse 22, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If we want to be a positive people, we have to meditate on the things that God would have us to think about. Our eyes and our ears take in all kinds of information. The majority of that needs to be along the lines of First Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. I'm reminded of a story in my life whenever I was in college. And if, if, if you know me very well at all, you know that I love music. And it just, it just, it's always come to me naturally. My family makes fun of me because I can sing just about every little children's movie song that you can think of, probably because I've watched them a million times. But uh, I, I, I love to sing and I love music. And I think God has a special place for music in our lives. He's, he's designated it that way. 
But the music that I used to listen to wasn't always along the lines of Philippians 4.8. It wasn't always the best thing for me to take into my body. It wasn't the light that spoke about in Matthew chapter 6. And I remember very vividly one day at college coming to this realization that I need to remove this from my life. And some of the kids may not remember these, but we used to have these things called CDs that played our music. I took that CD and I remember chunking it out the window of my vehicle. And I removed myself from that. And it wasn't very long after that that I remember my mentality changing in life. And the the more that I did to remove those things from my life, to get those things out of the way so that I could focus on the things that I need to focus on, I remember it making a great impact in my life, in my outlook on life. The things that seemed so heavy at times in life were not as heavy. The challenges that seemed so great, I knew that I had strength from God to get me through. So when we want to grow in our mentality to be more positive people, we need to read His Word and we need to meditate on His Word and we need to be consumed by good things, things that are of virtue, things that are praiseworthy. Lastly, this morning, I want us to look at two examples of what positive thinking looks like. In Acts chapter 16, we find Paul in Philippi. Acts chapter 16. Many of y'all already know what happens in Acts chapter 16, but let's flip over there and and read verses 20 through 25. Paul is in Philippi, and he's just cast out a demon out of a young lady who was used to make profit for some people. And when they found out that they had lost their means of gain, they brought it up to the authorities. And we'll pick up in the story there. Acts 16 and verse 20, it says, And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or to observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. What a great example for us to consider about remaining positive in a most dire situation. Oftentimes when we think about Paul and Silas in the jail, we we want to remember the part where they were singing at midnight. But we need to remember what happened just before. They were arrested. They were beaten 
with many stripes laid upon them, the Scripture says. They were taken into the most secure points in the prison and fastened in stocks. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were to be going down the street one day and someone were to come and arrest me, and they were to beat me and throw me into prison and fasten me, what would be on my mind? What would be on your mind? Would you be concerned with, how am I going to get out of here? Would you be concerned with, what about my family? What about my children? Where would your concerns lie? Where would your thoughts go? We see at midnight, Paul and Silas, I'm sure they were praying about many of those things, but we find them singing. An activity that we usually reserve for times of of joy, but they are singing to God praises. And you know the interesting thing about this mentality of being positive and seeing the glass half full? Paul and Silas knew They had the promises of God in the forefront of their mind. They knew that He wasn't going to leave them or forsake them. And because of that attitude and that mentality in this situation, the other prisoners were listening. I think that's a great lesson for us to remember when we think about this idea of positive thinking. The second example I'll share with you is again from the book of Acts in chapter 7. Most of us also know Acts chapter 7 as the chapter where Stephen is stoned. After delivering a great lesson from the Word of God, recalling all the things, Stephen preaches the truth to them, except this time the truth is not received. And it says in verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold of the coming just, of the just one, of whom, now you, of, whom, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And it says in verse 54 that when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. I believe wholeheartedly that Stephen knew when he made those comments and he saw these people gnash at him with their teeth that he was in a bad place. But as I said, our strength comes from the Lord. And I can't remember who taught me this, but there's always these little nuggets in Scripture that we find from time to time that just really can motivate us and encourage us and strengthen our love for Christ. 
What we know about Christ when he left this earth is that he left and was seated at the right hand of God. His work was done. But when we look in Acts chapter 7 and we see Stephen being stoned and Stephen looks to heaven, what does he see? It says it twice in the scripture. It says that Jesus was standing. When Stephen looked up, he saw the Lord standing. Because the Lord cares for you and he cares for me. And I can't think of a better thing to keep in the forefront of my mind to make me be able to endure trials and tribulations in this world and to maintain the kind of attitude that Stephen had. Because here in just a little bit, as Stephen succumbs to death, he says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. In his dying breath, his attitude, his mentality was not of concern for himself or his situation, but it was of concern for those who were harming him. And I can't only hope but think that Paul, who was holding the jackets of those who were stoning Stephen, heard Stephen say these words. And I hope that through Paul's life, he would have heard those words ring true in his ears and bring him comfort. And help Paul to in in turn have that kind of mentality in his life to remain positive in the trials that he would face. So as we bring things to a close this morning. As the people of the almighty God. We need to have that glasses half full mentality. As much as is within us. We need to walk about in our lives with that kind of mindset. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 9 it says, We are His own special people, created to proclaim His praise to all the world. And how can we proclaim the praise of such a great God when we feel defeated in this life? There's nothing so great in this life, nothing so troublesome, that God cannot deal with. You know, a few words of warning that Paul gives to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 and 14, he tells them to do all things without complaining and disputing. And he encourages them to be children of God, shining as lights in the world. It's not always easy to keep the positive attitude. But I think with the things that we've talked about this morning, understanding and always remembering the great gifts that God has given us to be able to be a people that can read and meditate and be consumed with who God is and what He would have us to do and to remember the great examples who have gone on before us who have endured trials. You may have people in your life that you've seen go through hard times and still have maintained positive attitudes. Remember those people and those things. And you're going to find your strength. And that strength comes through Jesus Christ and the hope that He offers. Maybe it is this someone here this morning that hasn't found their hope in Jesus Christ. You can do that today. You can do that by coming to Jesus through faith, through repentance, through baptism, and through living a life with this kind of attitude and mentality So that you can shine in this world. Because it so desperately needs it. 
Maybe it is that you find yourself that you've struggled with this idea of staying positive in life. Maybe the things of this earth have troubled you. I hope that you've been rejuvenated this morning and that you've been encouraged that God would have me to be a positive person and he would have me to shine in this world. If you have any need this morning, we'd ask that you come forward while we stand and sing the song that's been sung.